You're listening to the IVP Heat Seekers Podcast, part of the RotoHeat.com family of podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to the IDP Heat Seekers live streaming podcast. It is Monday night when we live stream, and it'll be Tuesday at some point when you get this podcast. Uh, we thank you for, for listening and hanging out with us for a little bit of your week. Uh, tonight is a fun night. We're going to be talking guys that we're thinking are overrated. So these are IDP guys based on rotoheat.com rankings that we think are maybe a little bit higher than they should be. Uh, the interesting thing, uh, the conversation that Craig and I were having pre-show is uh, this could be a lot of guys by the end of the season just because who knows what's going on with COVID and all the things that are happening with that. So it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season how this all turns out and, and what this all looks like. But before we get into that, Craig, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing well. It was a productive day. I'm still light out for a bit, and uh, it's always nice to have those summer days that aren't crazy humid, crazy hot, when you can just sort of enjoy it, even with work. How are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I took the week off so that I could redo uh, the space and, and get my office all set up a little bit better to better handle working from home and the work home life situation that we're, you know, we're all inevitably going through right now. Uh, so it's been fun. You know, it's been interesting trying to, to reorganize, you know, and, and we've been living in our house for going on four years now. And it's interesting to see all the things that showed up that somehow disappeared uh, for a while, <laughs> but now all of a sudden have reappeared. I'm like, Oh, well look at yep. that. So, uh, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. It'll be fun to see how it turns out by the end of the week. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the way the world works. You have kids and things start to clutter up and you got to declutter. Paul, how you doing tonight, brother? Um, I mean, outside of having technical issues there for a minute, work was interesting. A 15 minute task took me three hours today. But I mean, other than that, you know, won some money on the indie races this weekend. I got a couple dubs in Warzone. You know, ah, life's okay. Life's okay. It's coming up, Paul. That's right. (laughs) So when it comes to news, we start the show with a little bit of news and notes. Uh, The biggest things that are going on right now is we are less than 24 hours away from rookies reporting to camp. Um, As of last week, the NFL put out, uh, the NFL uh, digital content team put out that that training camp is going to look a little different. Obviously, we all knew that that was coming. Uh, The Hall of Fame game is canceled, the August 6th Hall of Fame game. Uh, Preseason could be two games, but rookies report tomorrow. Quarterbacks and injured players report on the 23rd, and then everybody else on July 28th. And this is across the board potentially, uh, but things could change. So as people are reporting for camp, this is an exciting time of year. Now, obviously we have to move on with the idea that that training camp will happen, the season will begin, and we'll see what happens. So that being said, it's an exciting time. Uh, Craig, how do you feel about everything that's going on? Uh, how have you been handling it within your leagues? Uh, what's some general things that are just going on within within your uh, your spectrum as we get closer to the beginning of the season? I think the biggest uh, thing that I'm seeing across the leagues that are active is just trepidation. What's going to happen? I mean, you have to be proceeding forward, but you have to be doing it cautiously. Um, And 
the league Paul and I have been in the longest. Right now, there's votes going on about contingency plans. What happens, you know, if there's zero to four games? What if there's five to ten games? What if the season's cut short by one game? You know, there's a lot of ins and outs, even with rosters. You know, it's like Paul brought up in a common thread. All right, what if your quarterback that you had slated to play on Monday night all of a sudden shows up and tests positive and he isn't able to play and there isn't a backup available for you to go grab? What happens then? So, you know, it's the same thing a lot of leagues are going to have to figure out, but the sooner the better on that because I know everyone would hope that there's a full season, but even if there is a full season, you know, it's not going to be your typical season. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening we haven't run into before, and so this is the time of the year. If you haven't already, you better start figuring it out. Yeah, it feels like we have to be flexible, and we're going to have to kind of pivot as as time permits. You know, you, you have to create kind of this. This is probably the best-case scenario, but – I think this year people are going to have to be a lot more gracious than they ever have before, which will be very difficult fantasy leagues because I know a lot of mine, especially like the home leagues, guys don't like to change and guys don't like to deal with that. I mean, like they want what they want and it'll be interesting. Paul, how about you? As I know you commissioned a few leagues, how are, how are your leagues handling kind of the, the, the coming season? Um, every league I'm in that I'm at least commission of is at least open to some sort of very large or unlimited either IR or taxi for COVID only, um, which is nice because, I mean, I don't want to win because he has a bunch of players out. I mean, and he can't add anything else. I don't want to lose because I can't release anyone who I deem is worth a first. I feel that over the last week, two weeks or so, there was a shift uh, from, oh, hey, this is what some leagues are doing, to now everyone is acceptant to the fact of, all right, we got to discuss this now because we're going to start here and in the next 48 hours or so nfl player x out for a couple weeks has the virus nfl player so-and-so has the virus all right how does don this affect me so i like that there's actually discussion when i didn't feel that there was much two weeks ago absolutely i mean it's it's definitely going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting when all things are said and done to see how how all the different leagues handle it, you know, because I've been seeing guys posting all the, you know, in our group meet chats and our discord or on Twitter, I've been seeing a lot of different conversations and a lot of different viewpoints. And, and I don't, I haven't really seen anything where I'm like, Oh, this is a terrible idea, but it, it just feels like it's going to have to be kind of molded to the owners of your league. You know, uh, my home league, I'm just going to have to handle them different. I'm going to have to say, this is what we're doing. Deal with it. And there's other leagues where there's going to be some groupthink or, or some consensus, maybe some votes need to happen, you know, and, and I think every league is going to have to be just a little bit different. Um, but ultimately, in the end, you know, the goal is to have a great season, to, to enjoy this game and and to ultimately have football, because we know, you know, I'm excited. Baseball's back starting Friday. I think it'll be fun to see how they handle it. Uh, the NFL, I'm even more excited about. I want to see basketball. I've been 
gearing up and, and ready to watch that, you know. Uh, and shameless plug. So Friday nights, we got our DFS group. If you guys like your daily sports, it's going to be happening. It's going to be happening soon. So you better check out the DFS show on Friday nights because they can help you out. They've got a lot of knowledgeable guys there with Craig and Jason and, and Rick. So it'll be it'll be a great time, and you guys will get lots of knowledge. I've, it's been interesting to see what they have to say. So check it out Friday night, and uh, and that's that. So that's kind of our news. And we're going to jump to tonight's topic. We're going to talk about guys that we think are overrated. Um, obviously, anybody watching YouTube knows somebody who we think potentially could be overrated. And I know he's on Craigslist. So I will let Craig go into our first overrated player, Khalil Mack, linebacker, Chicago Bears. Yeah, and it's more of a fantasy-wise he's overrated. And we all know, especially Packer fans, Bears fans, Raiders fans, you know, they know what he brings to the table. There was a lot of talk about that trade when it happened, but I think the Bears fans overall are happy with what they got in him. Now, that said, if you're looking at it fantasy-wise, um, we have him, I believe, as our 24th-rated linebacker on our um, ratings over at rotoheat.com, which were recently updated, so you can go check that out. Um, last year, and if you want to talk comparatively, his tackles, as far as combined solos and assists, were pretty comparable to what they had been in prior years. His solos were actually a good a bit higher, but the overall numbers were the same. It was just his sacks were a bit lower. But that just that little amount of the sacks going down had him as the 41st linebacker last year. So if you're putting him at 24th on our list, I just, to me, that's your best case scenario, and I don't see him hitting that consistently year to year out going forward. Now, if you have that edge position, I think you're in a different sort of position because you're having a lot of those linebackers, those middle linebackers that eat the tackles that really are higher in the ratings ahead of him and the results from the past few years. But if we're going strictly linebackers, I just don't see him hitting that, you know, linebacker too consistently for you, which is what I'd be looking for, someone at that position. How do you feel about him? How about you, Paul? We'll go to you next. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel he had a off season last year and he couldn't rush his as much because their offense didn't uh, keep on the field enough to have him be in as many of those situations. I think he probably gets better, but if he's LB only eligible, uh, I have a hard time with him because he is sack uh, dependent. And although he, he gets enough of them, I don't want to sit there and, and rather have someone, or I guess I would rather have someone who plays in the middle of the field versus someone who I hope gets a sack. And he is elite from an actual football perspective, but like Craig said, he just he doesn't have enough of the other, say, alternate uh, stats that uh, really make up for it. I'm just... I owned him in one league, and he's just not some one that you're interested in because he doesn't have an elite ceiling which seems really odd because you know he can have the strip sack fump score he's going to get one of those a season or so but just he doesn't have have the ceiling 
Well, yeah. if you're looking at it again, sorry, Brad. Oh, no, to, go ahead. To Paul's point, from week seven on last year, he had four sacks. And I know what, like Paul said, a lot of that had to do with the offense, but call me pessimistic. I'm not seeing that Bears offense be a ton better. I think it will be better, but I don't think Nick Foles, if he gets the job over Trubisky, like people think, is going to be lights out where they're going to be running up the score and people are going to be playing catch-up for him to rush the passer either. He, he feels like, to me, like a guy that's like perfect in a best ball situation for the weeks that he's on. Uh, but then other than that, it's like, mm, I hate tr- I can't trust him week in and week out to be productive enough to want to start him. But then if you look at, at, at the tougher thing, though, is when you look at our, our linebacker-specific rankings, you know, 25, Levante David, Kawan Alexander, Jordan Hicks, Willie Gay, Anthony Walker, Bradley Chubb. I would probably want almost all of them minus Alexander over him, you know? So it's like, okay. Maybe this is a little too high for him. Uh, so I would agree that I think he's probably overrated in the sense that I want some of the guys that are behind him pretty significantly more than I want him. Uh, but the weeks that he's on, I mean, he's an LB1, easy. So it's, you know, he's one of those, when you're comparative to the offensive side of things, you know, uh, Marquise Brown. The weeks that he's on, you want him. The weeks that he's off, you have no interest even having him on your roster. I mean, that's that's the kind of comparison I would want to do if guys who are offensive are listening. Completely uh, agree. It, it's hard to trust him. So, Paul, how about you? How about you give us the next guy? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the same team here, um, and, and go Eddie to Jackson. Um, I mean, this guy's extremely dangerous over the middle. I mean, just extremely dangerous. Um, he makes his uh, homes in the middle there um, in Chicago. and You mean home? Depends how you spell homes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyways. So, um, he's just not someone... I mean, he's a, he's a ball hawk, but if they're behind, I, I'm not sure who really throws on them enough where you get really scared. I'd just rather throw it underneath because you're not scared of the offense. Um, He doesn't get a lot of tackles. He's always in the middle of the field. And I think we had him rated, what, 63rd overall? I just don't see the upside in him that makes me want him uh, from a fantasy perspective uh, again actual football probably a top five safety in the league from a fantasy perspective not interested yeah he uh f- for those listening at home he's 17 in the position ranking so he's our 17th ranked safety uh ahead of him we've got you know uh, Ronnie Harrison, Von Bell, Xavier McKinney. Just after him, we've got Antoine Winfield, Jesse Bates, Adrian Amos. Uh, Craig, what are your thoughts on Eddie Jackson? Some of the things that Paul had said and then relate to the prior conversation about Mac, you know, it's the same sort of thing. How much are they going to be on the field in a position where he's going to be able to make plays back there against the receivers? You know, last year he was – 
he was fine. He's serviceable, kind of like Paul said. But you can't count on him week to week when he's around the 26th, 27th safety, you know, in our, the scoring system that we have. I mean, that's just not someone that you're going to be wanting to start. And if you mix cornerbacks in there, like most leagues do with just that defensive back position, he's going to be even farther down there. He probably ends up around, you know, defensive back 50 or so. So, you know, again, probably better real life. And this is probably something we could say for most of these guys that we're going to talk about today. But, you know, they're probably a better real life player than a guy for fantasy. Well, and, and with Eddie Jack Jackson, you know what you're going to get. You're probably going to get somewhere around 50 solos. You're probably going to get two-ish interceptions. You're, you know, I mean, with combined, I mean, you might get a total of 65 tackles. I mean, he's just, he's not going to give you amazing production, you know, but he's very similar to Mac when he's on, he's on. Um, I think he's, I think we've kind of got him in his, you know, kind of where a ceiling is. He's probably a safety too. You know, he's a bi-week type fill-in guy. Um, I really like Eddie Jackson as a player. Like, I love to watch him play unless it's against Detroit uh, because those two interceptions always seem to come against us or he tends to be around the ball against us. Uh, but as a player, I really like him, you know, just like you guys have said. So I would agree he's he's probably... In the end of at the end of it, he's probably overrated because I definitely want Jesse Bates, um, Sean Williams. I probably want this year over him. Harrison Smith. I probably want this year over him. These are guys that are safeties that are lower than him on our rankings. Uh, I I wrestled with Eddie Jackson when I was ranking him because you know I don't want my bias for the NFL player to take over when I'm ranking a fantasy guy. So I agree. Um, Paul, you're probably right. He's probably overrated in the end of it. Craig, who is your next overrated player? Um, we're going to stay on the list of uh, great NFL players. This one, um, unfortunately, it seems like he's probably more on the downside of his career, and injuries have a lot to do with this. Um, J.J. Watt. Um, love the guy. I mean, he's just been a defensive stalwart for years. He's an animal when he's out there, but we have him as the 16th rated defensive end, and he's had, you know, double-digit games in one of his last four seasons. And with all this other stuff going on, and I know these aren't really COVID rankings, if you will, or something, but that's something you're going to have to be taking into account. And the overall risk associated with him, putting him that high, for me, is just too much. Uh, again, I love the guy, but for me, it's just, you know, 63rd overall, 16th defensive end. It's too high for me when I can't trust him to be out there. Paul? Um, I can get behind the sentiment. Um, but when he's on the field, he still has DL1 high, DL1 upside every week. Um, it's a who am I? If I'm someone who can fight for the ship. Sure, I'll gladly take him, and I'll sell the fact that he's always hurt. If I can get him for a third, I will take that. Because the upside is top overall defensive lineman. You're not going to find this out of many guys, and he has it. Um, but as far as a what I... I mean, I, I don't think I would give even a mid-second uh, for him, though. It would have to be someone who says, all right, 
I'm not in it anymore. And they accept the injury thing. If they don't accept the injury thing, they might want a late first or at least second, even with the age. And I'm just going to sit there and go, no, I'll, I'll find someone else. But it's all of, is the owner acceptant of the injury thing? Yeah, with, with a guy that's as hurt as he is, I tend to just steer clear. You know, I haven't, I haven't had any shares, and if I did, I would have tried to sell them. But, it, you know, unfortunately, you're having to take a cut if you're going to do a deal with, with shipping him out. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not paying for him uh, probably much more than maybe a third. It really depends on, you know, the league size, scoring, if it, you know, that third might be more valuable ultimately. So if you can get him for cheap, maybe, but I'd probably look elsewhere, you know, and like most of our other overrated guys on this list, there's plenty of guys after him where I'm like, I'd just rather take a shot on this guy. Because ultimately, you know, so far all the guys we've mentioned are probably the backup or depth on our team. So it's not like we're not calling out starters and saying, oh, this guy's just not worth it. So I'd rather just look for depth somewhere else. Younger, upside, things like that. Craig? And even if you're a contender, you know, I'm going to be looking for an older guy that probably has lower name value like – Cameron Hayward, who I think is similarly ranked on these our list, but he's a guy that just plays year in, year out, is underrated, and is going to get you stats. I mean, he was a top 10 defensive lineman last year, and most people that aren't heavily into IDP probably wouldn't believe that if you told them. And he, you could probably get him cheaper than you could get J.J. Watt. Pro- I would, yeah, I would agree for sure. All right, Paul. Who you got next? All right. Well, we said we weren't going to hit on the top guys, right? Well, let's blow that one out of the water. Uh, Daniil Hunter. Um, He's a player I don't want any shares of right now because everyone assumes that he is the premium of the premium, and he's good still. Just the more I think about it, uh, the more I'm concerned he doesn't have any help. Um, Griffin's not there, and they don't have the money for him. Heck, they don't have the money for Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm concerned that they don't have Joseph anymore. I'm I'm just concerned that he doesn't have any help and he's going to be doubled and chipped every play. Um, And I see it almost working out like a DeMarcus Lawrence situation where you can see that he has talent, but he doesn't have any help. And if if he's, what, sixth overall for us, I'd rather have someone who has a better situation than what he, he has at the price. I think you're overthinking it. You said you were thinking about it, and the more you think about it, well, stop thinking about it. Um, you know, I, I don't agree necessarily that he's over. I mean, top five is always tough. You know, if you're pulling hairs, there's probably a guy within the next five to seven that probably will do better than him. But, you know, they pulled in Michael Pierce in free agency who takes up double teams right and left. I mean, that guy's never really going to get big stats, but he eats up at least two guys at a time. Um I also, but I also said kind of a sleeper type guy a few weeks back was um, Fidi Odenibo. Uh, I think that kid's got a lot of upside. He was a very raw prospect when they got him 
I don't know, forever ago it feels like. Uh, I think it was like three years ago they got him as a seventh rounder and he's just kind of continued to develop. Uh, I think there, I, th I think there will be some times where he's not as elite this year because some of these guys are developing, but I think he's still going to be a defensive end one, probably weekly startable because of the fact that he's just so talented and he'll make the most of it. Is he overrated? Yeah. I mean, Derwin James, if healthy, is probably going to jump him. Um, Corey Littleton, as long as he's the same player in, in Vegas that he was with the Rams, he could jump him. Uh, Joey Bosa, I don't think he would. And Smith, I don't think he would. So, yeah, maybe a couple guys will jump him in the rankings overall when we get to the end of the year. Craig, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at really at the, the rankings overall as a situation of – which of these top elite guys would you want the most? And that's why sort of they rise to the top in comparison to the linebackers, which usually are just the majority of the top of the rankings in a scoring system like ours. Most people are going to have Hunter as the top-ranked defensive end. I mean, that's reflective here. If you don't have him as your top defensive end, that's fine. I mean, there's other guys that Brad mentioned that you could put in consideration there that I wouldn't be throwing a fit about. So is there a 50% chance that he doesn't end the season as the DE1, especially with all this other stuff? Yeah, probably. But if I had to pick just one, all things being equal, I'd just assume go with him. You know, he's shown even, um, I think it was three or four years ago, he had a really big his breakout season, and then he had another um, – lower season after that before these past two where he turned it up and it's not like i mean griffin's good but he wasn't a world beater either where you know it's not like he had a bosa across from him sort of like melvin ingram does or something to alleviate that pressure so i think you're overthinking it as well but will he will i probably not have him in my top five top ten next year this time he'll probably still be there so, I mean, that's my look at it. Absolutely. So, I want seeing as we're uh, throwing out starters that might be not up there come next year, potentially, that we think, uh, I want to throw out a name just to get your guys' opinions on them because I've, I've talked to some other guys that in the IDP side of things that are kind of all over the place about them. Um, and I, I'm nervous overall about this player in this situation. Joe Scobert over in Jacksonville. So they have a bevy of linebackers. They have a team that is probably going to have that defense on the field regularly. Uh, and I don't know that that's a good thing for a guy like Scobert. Uh, I think he can get worn down over time uh, pretty significantly. And his athleticism isn't as high as Miles Jack, Caleb on Chase on, probably even Leon Jacobs, quite honestly. Uh, but his talent in his head is where where he's better than all those guys. He's just a smarter football player. But that being said, we have him as, a, as an LB1. He's number 12. And I want the guys after him more. I want C.J. Mosley more, even though the guy's hurt all the time. Um, well, been hurt recently. I think Isaiah Simmons could ultimately be an LB1, maybe after this year, maybe even this year. You know, Kenneth Murray, debatable. Uh, but what do you guys think about Joe Sobert? Do you think he's an LB1 even in Jacksonville with kind of what their team looks like? Paul, I'll start with you. Um, I think he's got the most solidified uh, floor of almost anyone in that top 20 list. 
Um, I think he could finish as the top overall backer for this year. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're being honest, Miles Jack sucks. Like, he's just playing up terrible. Um, Chason's not in the same position as he is. Um, And Leon Jacobs. They seem to like him, and I don't... Eh. I don't know if I agree, but... I I actually think that uh, Williams uh, starts over him as that second inside, but but we'll see. Um, They're going to be on the field a lot. I honestly think that they could be a dark horse for selecting first next year. Yeah, I I don't have any faith in uh, the mustache. I just don't. Um, I think he could be the top overall backer. Um, he's not someone who seems like he's going to quit because he got paid. Um, I can, like I said, I can see him finishing number one overall just because he, he gets enough uh, for stuff, fumbles and stuff. And I don't know how he figures it out mentally, but he's going to have four forced fumbles, four recoveries. And you're just going to be like, Oh, well, that's just uh, all pro to Joe there. And yes, I'm stealing that uh, nickname from another show, but I liked it. So I'm stealing it. Um, so yes, I, I disagree 100% on this one. The views of Roto Heat are not the views of Paul. We're putting the disclaimer. I about to say we're putting the disclaimer out now. Our legal representation, Craig, mark that down. That the uh, the views given on this show by Paul are of his own accord. Uh, yeah, I mean, Scobert's a tackle machine. My concern more so is that, is the fact that as much as they'll be on the field, I I don't know if he can handle uh, just the mass amount of work they're going to have because that offense isn't really going to produce very well. I think Fournette's really the only offensive guy that's really going to have a nice year. Uh, just because of how much he's going to have to do. Uh, but he's a tackle machine. Like, the dude gets 100-plus tackles, combined tackles every year. So I think Scobert's still a really nice asset. But when I was looking over it as we were prepping for the show, I'm like, his name is the only one that stood out on this list. You saying he could be the top overall backer, I find absolutely atrocious. But that's just because I love Darius Leonard and Tremaine Edmonds and some of those guys at the top. So you saying that would mean that they're not as, as going to perform as well in him? And that makes me... Sad. Craig, all right, maybe. <laughs> all right, maybe second. <laughs> Leonard. Yeah. Uh, well, I know Paul likes the hot take, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Craig, I mean, what do you think, buddy? Paul. You look at the rankings. I mean, you really are the outlier. I mean, it seems like you just don't like the guy at all when you're looking at where we had these guys ranked overall. Um, you know, you have him almost over sixty overall. Um, I'm a big fan. I, I kind of feel about him the way that I do Max Crosby a little bit. You know, he was sort of a mid-round pick that wasn't a sexy name at the time, but he's smart, and he's got that motor, and he's got that drive. And, you know, those high-effort guys, we talked about it last week with Kwiatkowski, you know, I think he's better than him, obviously, in terms of talent and production. But, um, yeah, I'm with Paul. There's going to be opportunity for him, and I think he's a guy that isn't going to just quit and give up. And even when there were other people in Cleveland the past few years that were getting tackles and, you know, putting up the stats as well with Collins and then Kirksey, I know it was sort of a rotating door of who was healthy, 
but there were other guys that were making plays and you know there were startable linebackers. So I think the production's still gonna be there for him personally. Okay. Well that's I wanted to put the name out there. So appreciate the feedback. Craig, who do you got next? So this is a slightly deeper um, on the list here. Um, there's two of them that kind of fit with this, but I'll just go with the one that I have right away. Marcus Davenport. Um, and I know he's sort of had health issues. He's played in 13 and 13 games the past two years. I think our rankings kind of reflect more of a hopeful dynasty. Like if this guy puts it together, man, he could be awesome. But we have him 13th, and he was the 44th defensive end last year. Like I said, I know he's missing some time in there, but he just hasn't put it together yet. He's going into his third year here, I believe, and he's going to have to start showing it, or this time next year, he's probably going to be way down. He, I mean, it's conceivable he'd be off the top 150, depending on how bad the year is, if he has a bad one. Um you know, looking at it for myself, I, I probably have them ranked too high in these sort of conversations that we're having. Um, most of my drafts are done, but, you know, as far as moves in season, especially where depth is probably going to matter, like we talked about, it's nice to be reflective of that and realize, hey, I, I probably need to drop him here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough. Because of where they selected him, they, they are going to continue to give him chances, but if he can't stay on the field, it doesn't matter. And, you know, I think, and even when I was putting together my most recent update to the rankings, he was one of those where I'm like, okay, I'll give him one more chance because of the talents mm -hmm. there, because of what they what their defense looks like and what he could be if he's healthy. It's like, all right, you know, he's got to be. He's, he's got to be good. Yeah, and he's got but, someone across from him that he can learn from, and in theory, is taking away from that defensive front. I mean, if he can't put it together with Jordan there. What's it going to look like when Jordan's not there, you know? Absolutely. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, scratched him off my list when uh, his name got brought up. Um, he, the only saving grace for him is that he came from Texas, El Paso, and, and we knew that he wasn't going to be someone who immediately hit. That's the only saving grace for him because he's in a situation where there's a lot of third and longs. He can get sacks and he just hasn't shown it. And like Craig said, he has a top five D end across the field from him. And he's not making it happen with all, all of this around him. Mm -hmm. um, I know he, he wasn't overly sexy, but Sheldon, Rankins was playing at a top, I don't know, five to 10 deep tackle in football before he got hurt uh, last year. So he has an elite rusher on the other side. He has a pretty elite tackle and he's not making it happen. I'm scared. I, I He could be off the 150 next year and it wouldn't surprise me. He could be ranked uh, 30th. And we look and we look back at it and go, all right. Well, he just needed a a, um, a couple years to figure it out. I, I'm there's more downside than upside risk here. I yeah. don't want him at that price. Well, you know, and the unfortunate thing for Davenport owners is if you own him, you have to sit on him and wait and see if he hits. Uh, the tough thing though is if he does hit. So if we're right and he's 
you know, an, a kind of a DE2 with DE1 potential, uh, then it's going to be, okay, now do you sell him because he finally hit or do you hold him because he's, you know, 24 years old in this next year and, you know, starting to make his way up and to being a really relevant piece. The tough thing uh, from my side of it is there's a lot of ends and guys who are edge rushers coming into the league in the next few years that are really talented that if he doesn't show out this year, if he isn't healthy for the majority of the season, he's probably not going to have a much longer uh, leash there in uh, New Orleans because, you know, look at they're going to move on from Breeze because he's going to retire. The team's going to continue to change. You know, what does that look like for the defense, guys that are aging out there? And I mean, it's just like it's just I could make the case that either they're a top five defense next year or a team that's rebuilding because now all their older pieces are retiring and things are, you know, changing. So it's he's really one of those. It's like, OK. We got to be careful here because anything's possible. He could be great. We could, you know, like you guys said, be off the ranking. So I agree. Definitely a guy that could be overrated, uh, but has potential to be underrated if, you know, if he finally hits. So, Paul, what do you got? Um, on the other side, on the other side of that, if they switch and become a three, four, I don't know uh, where he fits because he has uh, no experience uh, not being a pass rusher. It's not something that that you can run some exotic play and he goes out and covers someone. Not happening with yeah, him. Yeah, and he's not if big he's enough ever to be the on edge. a three-four. It's over. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, if their if their scheme changes, it'll be it'll be tough for him. He'll be on a new team probably sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, so that was Craig. Paul, who is your next guy? Um. I'm going to pick someone very close into where he was. Um, this is someone who I picked up his first year in 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 the league, and for two and a half seasons looked amazing. Um, Quan Alexander. Um, we have him ranked fifty uh, first overall, and I think that that is. It seems like we're factoring in a trade, and he lands in the right spot. And if it hasn't happened yet, I'm concerned. Um, like I said, he did have those elite seasons in Tampa, um, and he was awesome. But then he started getting hurt. Honestly, he seemed like someone that was chasing the cash. And I'm not saying that his injury last year, you know, he didn't actually get hurt or something. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they have someone else there, Greenlaw, who looked like he knew what he was doing. And I can, I can see them saying, all right, well, you're out at the end of the, of, of the season. Actually, I think that's pretty assumed, but if he ends up in a spot where it's not overly good, he doesn't have the skill set for anything other than that other chase backer. And I don't know how many situations he can land in to make me want him. It's especially at 51 overall, which is where we have him. Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, you've already said it. I think they've got the replacement for him on the team. The guy's... Um, Better athletic profile, 
more healthy, you know, as a more consistently on the field player, but needs time to develop. Uh, I think Alexander, you know, and, and this goes very similar to a guy like Leo Mack. I want most of the younger guys that are lower on the list than him. Um, you know, behind him, we've, we said already Hicks and Willie Gay and Anthony Walker, Bradley Chubb, Jordan Brooks, Mac Wilson. Um, you know, those are guys that I'm probably more interested in, uh, just because of their long-term value and their long-term upside. Uh, so I could see it, you know, I don't know that Kawan Alexander is a guy, you, and you know, we have them and all, and to be fair to him, we have him as, you know, uh, safety or a linebacker three. So it's not like he's a guy you're. He's a guy you're probably hoping to rotate in during bye weeks, maybe, you know. So I think he's probably overrated based on that. But, uh, you know, what do you think, Craig? Yeah, shameless plug. I had written about him a little while ago on rotoheat.com, so you can go see more of my thoughts on what I'm going to throw out here. Um, he turns 26 in August, and with his cap hit, I don't see him – just being cut if they can't trade him after this year or next year. I mean, it's a lot of money that they have invested in him, and they restructured his contract this year to make it harder because they cut money, more money off the end to make the deal shorter. Uh, that said, I mean, if I'm having him as my third linebacker, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, to me, he's shown it. He's still healthy. I don't really feel he's injury-prone based on the injuries that he's had. I think it's just been bad luck. Is he going to show up and be the guy again? Uh, I don't think so. I think Fred Warner's the guy. And with Greenlaw being cheaper, he probably sticks around there longer than Quan does. But even if Quan is up in two years and he's 28 and he's on a new team, I think he's young enough and he's shown enough that they're going to give him a shot to start. And I think long-term, he could still end up being an LB2 for you. So is he probably overranked right now? Yeah, but long-term, I still like him. Okay, so I'm going to throw another name out. Um, this is also covering a conversation on, over on YouTube. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, 28 years old, kind of up and down throughout his career. He's got a new head coach, could potentially see new uh, – they could be asking new things to him in that defensive scheme. Uh, I think there's guys behind him that I like just as much that I might be willing to take a chance on. Uh I want your opinion on him, though, Paul. Do you think Demarcus Lawrence could be a guy that, at number eight overall defensive end, number you know thirty in our rankings, is that maybe too high for a guy like him, especially at his age and, and where he's at in his career? Um, since you have it up, uh, where did I have him ranked? You had him at forty-six overall as the same. Actually, the same as Craig. You guys both at forty-six. I actually think that 46 might be high. I'm co I'm concerned that he doesn't have a bunch of the alternate numbers to make up for it. He's never been a high tackle guy. Yes, he does get sacks. I'm not relying on Alden Smith on the other side to just magically regain form. I think he'll probably play but that's about it um i just don't i'm concerned that he doesn't have a lot of help and i'm concerned that the age is higher than what people think it is 
I think he had four or five nice seasons in the league, but I would just rather sell and get someone else versus having him. Um, I don't think he possesses a top five overall ceiling any longer. I'm not, I don't want to um, sound like I'm hating on him, but I would just rather have a bunch of the others versus having him. Craig, you're a Dallas fan. You have more insight on this than I do. I'm not, and I mentioned this, I don't remember when I was discussing a different player. Um, I'm not so much selling Demarcus Lawrence as I am that new coaching staff in the sense of Rod Marinelli is not there any longer. And that guy, you're right. If you're talking about fantasy player names, they've had very little production consistently from any one guy. Um, on, you know, on the other side of DeMarcus Lawrence or across that line in general. But what Marinelli did was, I mean, he got he got great stats as a group. You know, he got those guys that were later picks, guys that they signed that you hadn't really heard of that could turn it on for a season or a set of games. And it was just a rotating cast, and he made it work you know, for the team. Um, with a different – I think it's Mike Nolan there as the defensive coach now. And, you know, I'm – I'm concerned about what it's going to look like for DeMarcus Lawrence. And then when you add the health issues that he's had, you know, the past three years, kind of like I mentioned with J.J. Watt, it's not that bad, but he's had one full season in the past three years. And that full season, he didn't have great stats either two years ago. So I think it's too high. I agree. I mean, 46 overall probably is high, but I don't think it's you know absurdly high. But where we have him in the defensive under rankings, yeah, I mean, if I was an owner, I'd be looking to sell him if I could get something nice for him. Well, and the tougher thing, the thing that worried me, and, and I haven't changed him in my rankings, which is bad on me probably, uh, is the fact that, you know, Nolan traditionally is more like a 3-4 type guy where Lawrence has been in a 4-3. I mean, we know Rob Marinelli is very standard traditional defense. So what's going to happen is they're going to ask him to do some different things, and he can still – uh, they could still stand him up, you know, six three two sixty fifty something. I don't know, he's you know he's he's fairly sized to be able to stand up and be an edge rusher. I just don't know how well he's going to be able to do it because he spent most of his career being a four three end with his hand in the dirt. Uh, so I, I have a lot of concerns there, and I probably should have moved him down much further down in my rankings. But looking at some of the guy, you know, when I'm when I'm doing my rankings, I'm like all right, who are guys that I think I can trust on a week-to-week basis to be productive and i'm like okay i don't know if some of these other get you know because i'm then comparing him to the the davenports of the world i'm like well i still want demarcus lawrence more than davenport or i still want demarcus lawrence more than maybe frank clark i mean they're kind of on the same level then you know uh so sam hubbard is a guy that i think would could jump him quickly because man i'm on that sam hubbard type train you know so uh but so yeah so we definitely think that the marcus lawrence could be overrated it's kind of a consensus we all agree um craig i think it's back to you who is your next guy i am going back to jacksonville and i'm going to ronnie harrison and it's not that i it's not that i don't like him it's that I think he's just too high. Um, and again, I know these are dynasty rankings, but I think he's the 14th safety that we have listed here. And, you know, he only played in 14 games, I think, last year, but he was 
the 57th safety, and I think he has a better supporting cast in front of him this year, so I don't think there's going to be as many opportunities. I'm just worried about the chances that he's going to get. I mean, I know people are going to be throwing, but as we kind of discussed, I think overall there's a better set of linebackers there, and I I don't feel he's going to end up as a fringe top one, you know, safety one, so... I know. I didn't mean to break your heart there. It, hurt, but. it, it hurts me deep down. Uh, you know, I, I like Ronnie Harrison a lot. I, and, and yes, these rankings over on RotoEat.com are dynasty. So I, I think long-term he's still going to continue to be kind of a borderline uh, startable weekly safety uh, because I, I like the talent. I like the player. I like the scheme that he's in. I think it plays well to his strengths. Uh, like you said, I like the defense around him. Um, I the tough thing for me is is the way that they're going to be, you know, almost like the same thing that I, that you all like about Scobert, I like about Harrison, is they're going to be on the field a lot, and and Harrison is one of their more sure tacklers along with Scobert. You know, we talked about how uh, Miles Jack is not great. Well, Caleb on Chason's unproven as, as is he going to be a consistent tackler at the next level when he's facing talent week after week, you know, CJ Henderson on the outside is not a guy I'm going to expect to be a sure tag. You know, Harrison's just a, a guy you can trust, which that makes me interested to see. Uh, I, I really like him as a, as a prospect going forward. Um, I, the tough thing for me is like, I like him more than Jeremy Chin and Grant Delpit. I don't like him more than Jabril Peppers. I don't like him more than, you know, I like him more than the guys that are he's in front of, you know, Xavier McKinney, Eddie Jackson, you know. So it's like, okay, I kind of feel like this is about the best spot for him because he's kind of in between some of the guys that I like. But I think Delpit and Chin could be better long term, so I'm okay with them being ahead of him. It's like, you know, he's just kind of in the sweet spot for where I think his value is right now. Uh, but there's also guys deeper down. Like I think Kyle Duggar in a few years would could be way, way better. Uh, but I think he's going to take a long time to develop, probably two, three years. So, uh, Paul, what do you think about Harrison? Well, I'll break your heart like he broke uh, mine. I remember when he tackled Francois and ended FSU's uh, reign of decency. After that, it was just all <laughs> crap. Reign of decency. Yeah. So... Anyways, I'm rounder. Um, once he got in the, he's been a below average player, and I remember, hey, this is the only who's actually smart and good, and now that he's in the system. It's not really showing out. I I just, yes, I see the fact that the Jags are going to be on the field a lot. Yes, you might have guys who throw on them a lot. I, I, don't, I don't know if he survives the season uh, starting. He's now crossed off. I I just don't know what his long term hype is. If he doesn't completely show out uh, this year, I don't want him. Um, he, it wouldn't surprise me if he's just off the 150 next year at all, and they move on and 
they go from there. Yes, Brad. He'll be on the 150 if Brad has to put him at one to even us out, I think, Paul. <laughs> That's the look Brad's given. If I, if, I could do a, if I could do a gif right now, I'd be like, what are those? What? Nah. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything's possible every year. Like, I, I would never say never about anything, but, man, that'd be, that would be a tough tough sell for me but you know that's why i like having all our opinions because we don't always agree so uh ronnie harrison paul who is your next guy um should i head with the easy one or the hard one i'm gonna go with uh devian clowny we had him listed as 80th overall and outside of, I think it was his uh, sophomore season in the league, he's been a DL3, a DL2-3 mix. And I know 80 isn't overly high, but if you don't have high numbers for sacks, he's almost not even playable. Like, he does, he's not the wrecking force that we all thought he was. Um, and he's slowly finding out that the NFL feels the same because he's not signed. Um, and he went from asking for too much money to average money, and the NFL's still like, yeah, no. Um, have a floor because he has enough splash plays but two weeks for that happen so what do you guys think about that one Craig, I'll give it to you first. What do you think about Clowney? You know, he was a guy that kind of Paul mentioned. You know, everyone saw that play of him in college uh, when he blew up the, I don't know if it was a running back or what it was, just in the backfield. You know, that play that sort of defined his career and unfortunately probably put him in everyone's, you know, sight line a lot quicker and a lot higher than he needed to be or should have been. Um, you know, in my main league with Paul, he was taking the highest any defensive player has been taken in a draft. He was taking like mid first round, which you know we thought was way too high at that time, but turned out to even be too high. And for fantasy purposes, he has a lot of risk because is he going to be an outside linebacker like he was some years on sites, or is he going to be a defensive end? If he's an outside linebacker, to me, he's hands-off. I, I want nothing to do with him. So you don't really want to be trading for him or spending a lot of free agent bucks or anything to get him if you don't know where he's going to be. And then, you know, if he goes to a situation like I know Seattle's been mentioned, I think that could fit for him really well. But, again, his name is worth a lot more, it seems, still than what he puts on the field for you in fantasy. And I think he is a guy that probably does better in the NFL still than in fantasy, but I really want nothing to do with him at his perceived price right now. I think it was, wasn't it Lattimore that he blew up? I was trying to think of the running back that he, because I think it was the running back that he blew up. But yeah, he's a, oh, go ahead, Paul. No, he played for South 
oh, Carolina. Yeah. Right. I'm surprised you don't. I'm surprised you don't know the answer because he blew up a Michigan player. Oh, it was uh, Hart, wasn't it? Mike Hart. Uh no, he was like oh six oh seven. No, it was number four, and it was like twenty fourteen. If any, if any of my Devi brethren are watching, they'd be disappointed in my decisions. But off the top of my head, I can't think of his name right now. Why does his name? Vincent Smith. Oh, yep, that's mm. all right. Yeah, he's a he's a bum. Um, this <laughs> this is another best ball guy too. Like he's one of those like the couple of weeks you get value out of him, he's startable. But guessing those weeks is going to be extremely difficult. Um, he's another one of those that I've not. I've not owned a share of, and it was more so because the you know the name costs you more, and it's like, now nah, you can keep him. I'm good. Uh, I'll take the guy who's actually going to start and get me points each week. So, uh, yeah, I would I would agree that Clowney is is not you know is is probably uh, overrated even here uh, because looking at the guys that are behind him, you know, just like just like all the other overrated guys we talked about tonight, I probably want three to five guys that are behind him more than I want the guy that that's right there, which says that, you know, I need to update my rankings and say, okay, I don't, Oh, actually he's pretty low on my rankings. I have him at 132, So I didn't like yeah. him anyway. So that's, that's on you guys for oh, shame, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Yep. For for shame. shame, gentlemen. Uh, so there, you know, uh, that is it. We've got more guys that we think are overrated, but it's the end of the show. We're wrapping this thing up. And I'm going to let Paul talk because he's looking like he's got something to say. I was going to say, we just need more guys for next week. That's all. Me too. Craig, what do you got? Not to uh, put a strangle on the IDP conversation, but I want to bring it around and wish Anthony, our number one IDP fan, a happy birthday. We didn't do it at the top, so I wanted to get that up there before the show was over. Uh, the Anthony Leone IDP Invitational. We have to make this thing happen. Got to get it going next year. I want Anthony involved in IDP so bad. Oh, Anthony Leone. Well, happy birthday, young man. Hopefully it's, uh, the day has treated you well. Although you're in California, so it's still 730, so you got plenty of time. Uh, yeah. thank you guys for hanging out with us as always. Um, if you've been watching our ticker at the bottom, you can follow us on Twitter. You can join our Discord chat. You can join our Facebook community, which is thousands and growing. Uh, Rotoheat.com is the main source of, of the main hub of all things, the the one ring to rule them all. It's Rotoheat.com. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us, Paul. Craig, thank you as always for, for shooting the breeze with us and having a little fun talking defense. Uh, don't forget... I've been saying it in every single player outlook and every other YouTube video. We stream nightly. We got a show for you every night. Tuesdays is Dynasty. Wednesdays Redraft. Thursdays Debbie with Paul and I. And this week we have a special guest. Friday's DFS. Hang out with us. Uh, hit the like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast after the fact, go to YouTube. Do something and watch us and see our beautiful faces talking fantasy football. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the IDB Heat Seekers podcast with Brad Menendez, Craig Reith, and Paul Belden. You can find us over on Twitter at Roto Heat Fantasy or at RotoHeat.com.